Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no offseason, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this on the 20th day of October 2017 from Lone Mart Field in Rancho Cucamonga, home of the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, the single-A affiliate of the 2017 National League champion, Los Angeles Dodgers. That's right. I'm in the stadium right now. I'm walking around the stadium. I happen to be in the Inland Empire part of California today for reasons that have nothing to do with the podcast. And seeing I am who I am, which is slightly unhinged, I decided I was going to swing by and take a few photographs of this minor league stadium here in Rancho Cucamonga. And as I want to do, I look to see if there's a way to enter the stadium. And there was. And I walked from one end to the other, down to the box seats, down to the nets. And as of this particular moment, nobody has stopped me. And so do you know what? I'm going to stay right here. It is a weird day here in Southern California because it's, it's gray it's a little rainy, it's a little drizzly, but it's also a strange day, and it's kind of strange that this is so quiet right now, because there was a euphoric moment that happened last night. Last night, Kiki Hernandez hit three home runs, putting him alongside such legends as Babe Ruth and Albert Pujols. And George Brett, as people have hit three home runs at a postseason game, and a few other names that made their catches slightly off guard, like Pablo Sandoval or Adam Kennedy. Kiki Hernandez was there and did so in a put a big exclamation point as the Dodgers they couldn't get the sweep on the Cubs, but they beat them in five games. I always think it's weird when a team wins the first three of a series, they lose the fourth but win the fifth. It's like ah, you could you know. I mean, it's just as, as great a moment, but just the definitiveness of a sweep is so cool. And winning that one game and like, okay, we didn't get swept, we won one game. I don't know, it always feels a little odd to me. But you know what, Dodger fans don't care. And I saw the clinching at uh, Gus's Barbecue in South Pasadena, California, which is a great place. And I got to see a bunch of Dodger fans going crazy. And I'm here in Southern California. There's, there's a tremendous amount of buzz that is happening as the Los Angeles Dodgers are in the World Series. And just stop and think about for a second here. Let's take from 2011 to now, okay? From that, you know, that six-year period, in 2011, the McCourts were running the Dodgers. The Dodgers were on the verge of bankruptcy. They were filing for bankruptcy in the middle of a truly embarrassing public divorce of what was going on. And it was, it was the entire franchise was turning into a, a real joke. It was a real joke in baseball that the Dodgers couldn't make money in L.A., that the McCourts were running them into the ground, that they couldn't afford to go after big free agents. Remember that? They, they probably could have won a pennant or two 
if they had made the trade for CC Sabathia in 2008 or signed him after the 2008 season. Instead, they let him walk. He signs with the Yankees. I do. I honestly believe the Dodgers would have won a pennant if they had signed Sabathia or traded for him, and they didn't. And they were just a joke of a franchise. And this was when the guy got beaten up in the parking lot, the Giants fan. There were, the attendance was dipping. The team was really just looked upon as a source of derision. Now think about what's happened since then. The team that, you know, Magic Johnson was the, the, the figurehead of it, but the, the team that, that bought the club as the Bud Selig, one of the few things, positive things he did was forcing the courts to sell. He should have also forced the Wilpons to sell the Mets, but that's a different podcast. And their job was make the Dodgers relevant again. I was here. The Dodgers were not relevant. They had Matt Kemp. They had uh, Clayton Kershaw. But this was the team that Mattingly was managing, and they just, they actually weren't a bad team. They weren't. Yeah, they made the playoffs a couple times under Torrey, and they actually were a borderline contender a couple of years when they were slashing payroll. And the new group came in, and they, of course, they started spending money like drunken sailors. But they had the uphill battle. This is Los Angeles, of which there are many people who are transplanted fans, including your pal Sully, who lives in Los Angeles County, but I remain a diehard Boston Red Sox fan. There's a lot of people who live here who are either loyal to their team that from, their, from where they moved to before L.A., or they care about the fan, the fans who care about it when it, it's a winner. Now, to be fair, and I will be fair here, I do know many, many native Los Angelinos. I know many, many diehard, diehard Dodger fans. It's, it's unfair to say they're all a bunch of bandwagon jumpers and everything. That's not true. There are many, many out there. Sydney, if you're listening, I know you're one of them. Brian Brisman, I know if you're listening, you're one of them. I know a bunch of them. But Los Angeles is a strange sports city. You have to be at the you have to be at the pinnacle to capture everyone's attention because I gotta say it, there's a lot of stuff to do here. There really is. This is not to besmirch other cities, but this ain't Green Bay. People come here to be entertained. You know, if you don't care about the Dodgers, guess what? There's every piece of entertainment is being produced here and shown here. You can go to Universal Studios. You can go to Disneyland. You can go to any club. You can go to any show. Everyone comes here. There's a lot to do here. And to get everyone's attention, you have to put you have to be at the highest level. And the thing that's really, really remarkable when you think that they have turned into a regular participant in the postseason. They won, 20, they won the West in 13, 14, 15, 16, and set five straight years of making the postseason. And now they're finally in the World Series. And you take where they were in 2011 
and where they are now is pretty terrific. And especially when you consider, yes, they have made some big free agent moves and big trade moves and everything like that. But keep in mind, who are the people who are pushing this team over the top? It's the Kershaws of the world produced through the system. It's the Seegers who's hurt, yes, now, but he was a big participant in this. The Bellinger, the way Puig is playing. It, the, you know, the way you get like the Hatchers and the Kiki Hernandez who, who contribute. You have Justin Turner, who was a retread. He was a reject from Baltimore and from the, uh, from the Mets. Good job, Mets. You know, the, some of their big, huge free agent acquisitions and trade acquisitions that they made, you know, Grinky walked and Adrian Gonzalez is not a participant. This is a team that is, a lot of it is built from within and from intelligent moves from the, from the, from the front office and the farm directors. This has a chance to be, if they win the World Series, to be a truly beloved Dodger team. A truly beloved LA team. You see the love and affection that the Dodgers from the 1980s still get at Dodger Stadium. And that this combination, Puig having fun, Turner being impossible to root against, you know, Kershaw, who is a Hall of Famer, where the only thing that is missing from his resume is the World Championship in October glory. Well, look, he won last night. He probably would have pitched deeper than the sixth inning, except there was no reason when they, they took such a huge lead, there was no reason to pitch him more than that. And this team's, you know, they've won five straight division titles. Take a look at this team. They're not going away next year. They're not going to be bad next year. No matter what happens. This team is in the World Series. And if they should play the Yankees, all right, I'll put my head in the oven. If they should play Houston, then that'll be the first matchup of a World Series of 200-win teams since 1970. And actually the first matchup of 100-win teams in any postseason series since the Royals and the Yankees played in the 1977 American League Championship Series. And that would be a great series. But I, do, I look at this Dodger team, and I think, I don't think anyone's going to beat them. I think they'll beat the Yankees. Yes, I said that about the Indians. I said that about the Astros. I think this Dodger team will beat the Yankees, and I think they'll beat the Astros. I think this will be a team that we haven't seen in L.A. for a long, long time. There's a whole generation of Dodger fans who have yet to see a World Series. I mean, you consider the rule of seven. Which, for those of you who are new to the podcast, the rule of seven means you don't really start following a sporting team, uh, the ins and outs of a sports team, until you're about seven years old. Well, their last trip to the World Series was 29 years ago, which using the rule of seven, if you're a Dodger fan who's 36 years old or younger, you don't really have a concrete memory of Oral Hershiser and the Kirk Gibson home run. So this is yours. You're probably sick to death of seeing clips of Hershiser and clips of Gibson. This is the first Los Angeles Dodgers pennant not managed by either Walter Alston or Tommy Lasorda. 
is Dave Roberts, which also brings up a real, another really cruel thing, and that is the World Series curse of Don Mattingly. I'll bring this up again. Let's do this quickly. The Yankees make three World Series in five years between 76 and 81. Don Mattingly shows up in 82. Yankees can't make the World Series his entire career. He retires in 95. Yankees make the World Series in 96. They go in their great World Series run. In 2004, he shows back up in the Yankees as a coach. The Yankees go on a World Series dry spell in tw- between 2004 and 2007. He leaves the Yankees then, and then the Yankees win the World Series in 2009. He manages the Dodgers until 2015. They go to the World Series in 2017. The Don Mattingly curse. But what I'm saying is this. This is a new frontier for the Dodgers. A new frontier for Dodger fandom. And you have to admire what they've done. It's not all just been throwing tons of money at it. You know, you, yes, they've had a very, very high payroll, and you can point to this, that, and they've used that high payroll to keep some of the players intact, especially Clayton Kershaw. But this isn't just, well, we just signed all the big, huge superstars. Go around the diamond. Which one is the big, huge superstars that they've poached? It's really not the case with this team. And it makes this a chance to have a long-term, you know, we, we, we've all seen how hard it is to repeat. I mean, for goodness sakes, if any team looked like it was going to repeat as a pennant winner, it was the Cleveland Indians. It takes a lot to repeat. But now that you've seen they've reached this level, then it's, it could be a whole new direction for this team and its relationship with the city. And that's something worth saluting. And it kind of brings me to like why I wanted to come here as I drove by. That this is a place where some of the players like Puig and Cody Bellinger and, and in his rehab starts and Clayton Kershaw, this is a place where a lot of them have played. This, was also, this, was, this is now a Dodger affiliate. At one point it was an Angels affiliate. And on this field... This was where Mike Trout played. I mean, you consider the the best player in the world is playing here. And it's something I truly hope that they do here in Rancho Cucamonga is to treat this as an extension of what the Dodgers are. You know, this isn't that far from my home in Pasadena. You know, it's only, you know, it's only about a 30-40 minute drive. And this is where the tentacles of the National League champion and potentially world champion Los Angeles Dodgers can reach out this far into the Inland Empire. That here on this field, which is kind of you know, a small little minor league field, it's a nice facility, you know, centrally located off the highway, that you come here, and I'm seeing some people like spraying some stuff down, they're cleaning up that the seeds of championships have been sown here at Lone Mart Field with this sort of strange, all the, the, the banners and the ads they have out, including a, one which either of Hulk Hogan or of a Hulk Hogan lookalike. I can't quite figure out at this point what's the difference. 
is they have the Quakes Cantina over here, where obviously either that's where you get a beer or you can see Greedo holding up Han Solo in the corner. This is where it's grown. This is where the championships are grown. And, you know, if you're a Dodger fan, if you're a fan of Southern California baseball, and you don't quite live in L.A., you live a little bit into the desert like this is here, this is where the tentacles reach. And more young Dodgers could be coming up. And this could be the foundation of something truly remarkable in Southern California. A Dodger team with a lot of players who are built from the ground up or swiped away. That this isn't what people may try to categorize it. And here on this field, they're going to bring new players up and hopefully a trip to the World Series and a championship for these young fans, you know, the 35 and younger fans to have, all right, we have one of our own. I hope this is a place where people come to and say, yep, let's see them come up. You know, they did this. They do this really, really well in San Jose for the Giants. The San Jose Giants, and I've done a podcast from that stadium, they put banners up of all the players who who have come through there, the uh, Matt Cains and the Buster Poseys and the Madison Bumgarners and the Pablo Sandovals, and they have banners of all of them who are part of a championship. And it creates a kinship with the San Jose uh, fans and the parent club. Well, they play in the California League along with Rancho Cucamonga. And the Dodgers are about... Look at my predictions have been pure shit. I'm the first to admit I predicted a Washington-Cleveland World Series. It's a good thing I don't bet. And so maybe me saying that I think the Dodgers are going to win whomever they play is the kiss of death on the Dodgers right now. But look me in the eye and tell me how this team is playing. They just took on an Arizona Diamondbacks team that ended the season with a flourish slugged the hell out of the the Colorado Rockies, and then the Dodgers played them and made mincemeat of them. And then they took the defending world champion Cubs, who just beat a a Washington team that basically out-hit them and out-pitched them. And the Dodgers, save for one game, smacked them around. I mean, that really was... I mean, yeah, they won that... The Cubs won game four. Did anyone think that it was going to get back to L.A.? Did anyone think it was going to turn into a series? And so if they win here, if they win this year, I really hope that they, well, they make the connection. This is where, and I'm looking at the some gardeners now working on the, the, the field. This is where championship is being grown. At the home of the Quakes. So as baseball is being played at the biggest level, down the 210 and across the 110 and everything in Chavez Ravine, here's a smaller level, and it's quiet now. It's empty. There's no game. They're allowing your pal Sully to walk around. Two of the gardeners saw it was here, so it's not like, uh, I guess groundskeeper is the right word to use. They didn't really care. This is the foundation of a champion. So embrace them, Southern California fans. Embrace the quakes. So go to sullybaseball.com. Like being on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music, as always, is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. 
This has been the Sully Baseball Podcast from Lomart Field in Rancho Cucamonga, California, home of the Quakes. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>